Today is Tuesday, August 8th, 2023, and you're listening to the Ask a Christian Podcast. I'm your host, Nate. Well, <laughs> if everyone, anyone ever wondered where my position lies on politics, today is going to clear that up for you. Um, here's a test. If someone didn't know my political bent, and that makes my theology or the biblical-based answers we provide about religion and Jesus and the Bible— if that skews that or colorizes that a certain way because of these political views, it should not. So here's your test. Um, you know, if I give my opinion, I understand that. But if I say something like, you know, I quote the Bible, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, Jesus. Um, it shouldn't matter what someone thinks about someone's political view or any other view, what their opinion is. If what they say is factual and can be verified, then it doesn't matter how you feel about something else. Facts don't care about feelings. So as far as, you know, if you think, well, Nate's wrong or Nate, Nate has per- terrible political IQ, um, if I quote something in the Bible that's factual, there you go. It's a fact. Anyway, so let this be a test. So if anything you hear today about our political discussion on any of the side, I learned some stuff about our fellow, fellow Ask a Christian regulars that I did not previously know. So I, I'm held to the same standard. If, uh, you know, going back to religion, their politics or political view starts to color the way I see them or the way I view their theology, it should not matter. I shouldn't let emotion get the better of me. If what they say is true and they quote something that is a quote from the Bible, well, they are correct. And it doesn't matter about their opinions on some other view. Um, Anyway, so um, let this be a test for us all. Anyway, before we get to that, we talk about Mother Teresa and dirty needles. (laughs) Ah, people want to criticize. Critics going to critic. Critics going to criticize. Tesla Tower Tech. So, you know, somewhere between what is actually real and conspiracy theory, um, we find some of our topics today. And then we go straight, straight into the the gutter. Let's get right into the mud. We talk about (laughs) January 6th, the indictments, Trump's indictments, the insurrection, treason, then we talk about the DeSantis campaign, and it is a, uh, you know, mud show, uh, we'll say, because, you know, Christian podcast. Anyway, so that's where we find ourselves today. So this is uh, a lot more politically motivated today and a lot more political discussion. So, you know, if that's not your cup of tea, um, I guess grin and bear it as long as you can. I don't know, maybe you'll learn something. Like, there's there's some paths off the beaten point. You know, we, we go through about climate change, and we go through, um, oh, what else do we go through? I don't remember what else, but all the hot button topics, uh, fossil fuels, carbon, climate change, global boiling. Um, anyways, all right, enough of that. Okay, so we're, we're going to talk about, this is what happens when no one wants to talk about Jesus. We talk about this stuff. Okay, anyways, by the way, you can send your questions or topics of interest to askachristianclub at gmail.com, and we promise we will address those. And I guess by we, I mean I. But um, I will address those topics if you send them to me. Um, check out the Ask a Christian book on Amazon. Do you hear stuff beeping? Everything in my house wants to start beeping right now. Oh, ooh, verify my email and fill out this form. I've been selected to win $25 million. Sure I have. Sure. I'm just going to report that to spam. Anyways, so uh, buy the Ask a Christian book. Check it out. It's free with Amazon, Kindle, Unlimited subscription. Um, to ha- How to have civil discussions. We actually remain civil, even though we have wildly different political views um, in this discussion. We still do it civilly. So that's a feather in our hat. Um, anyway, 
Um, you can also check out the Ask a Christian store, grab a t-shirt or something. We have dog shirts now. Grab a coffee mug, support civil discussion about religion and Christianity, support this podcast. You can also click on the donate link. The donate button is in the description. Thanks for your support and enjoy this one. See you next time. So, like, I'm not interested in that kind of coexistence. So, okay, that that does offer a good explanation, and I and I will of course relay that to. Uh, to let me let me know what she uh, what she says about that. Absolutely. <laughs> what was your other PTR, Nate? That hand in a in a jar. What was that? <laughs> you know, I just need to go back to the Ask a Christian, the little the little cross for my PTRs. My PTRs always make someone mad. Which I don't know. Maybe that's fine. No, I wasn't it was, mad. Uh, it was, I was the. I was asking. What no, it, no, not you, not you, but but. You can see where this will go when I explain it. Um, it's part of a larger meme, and it says uh, it's talking about Catholics and how you know we're, uh, Protestants commonly accuse Catholics of like you know worshiping saints and worshiping you know uh, praying to saints and worshiping saints, and they're like, no, no, we don't worship saints. We just respect them a lot and hold them in high regard. And uh, anyway, so the joke of that severed petrified hand was that's like uh, Saint Catherine of somewhere in France. And it's her severed hand, like in a holy box that you know they're they're keeping preserved, and it's like this this relic or icon. So the caption says, um, "We totally don't worship saints. We only respect them a really, really lot." <laughs> While it's got like you know clearly what we would say is totally a token of obsession and worship. Um, it's the severed hand of a saint. So you know yeah. if someone had my severed hand and they like <laughs> prayed to it and oohed and awed and fawned over it, you would think. Would you think, wow, they really respect Nate, or wow, they're worshiping Nate's severed hand? Anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> I get it. There's too much getting along in here. Can we just talk about how there's no such thing as God? Well, but you'd be wrong. Um, hey, uh, hey, Nate, do you know who that person is, and do you know that person's story? I'm just curious. Maybe Chris knows. I, I, I did. I, I actually looked it up. Um, I don't remember it though. I, I don't remember, but I know I did look it up when I saw that. I'm like, who is this person? I looked it up briefly and that's how I know that wherever she's from is in France. I think it's in France. Do, do you want to look it up? I hey, can't, hang on, let's, let's do this. Maybe let's, let's be fair to the Catholics who are fast. All right, hang on. Let me, okay. So this is St. Catherine of Siena. Yeah, I just, I just Googled this. I'm sure it's in France. All right. So. Saint of, yeah, it's even still saved because I just looked it up like four days ago. <laughs> All right, here you go. Shout out Catholics. Saint Catherine of Siena was born in the Middle Ages, 1347 to 1380. Not super old. Prominent Italian mystic theologian and philosopher. Oh, oh yeah, she uh, she influenced one of the popes or someone. Okay, hang on. Um, she's recognized as a doctor of the church and one of the most influential and beloved saints in Catholicism. Here are some key points about her. Uh, she was born in Siena, Italy. Oh, Italy, not France. Um, at an early age, she had mystical experience and showed her deep devotion to Christ. Uh, she claimed to have mystical experience, uh, experiences, visions, and conversations with God. She wrote about her spiritual insights and dialogues. Uh, halfway done. She became known as a spiritual advisor and counselor to many, including clergy and political leaders. She played, played a role in bringing the papal residents back to Rome from Avignon. Avignon. Um, <clears throat> Catherine's letters and writings reflect her profound theology addressing such topics as divine love, suffering, and the church. She is particularly known for her work, the dialogue, which is a conversation between her and God. Okay, there's there's a lot here. Uh, she's the patron saint of... <laughs> <laughs> she's a firefighter. 
She's a patron saint of fire prevention. What? Okay, well, patron saint of fire prevention. Um, okay. Um, she died at a young age of 33. She was canonized. Okay. Uh, she is said to re uh, she is said to have received the stigmata. Um, physical wounds, you know, the stigmata. Uh, okay. She Why? was canonized? What does Why? that mean? She was what? Um... What does she was canonized mean? Brought in officially as a recognized saint by the church. Why is her hand in a jar? Okay, one more question. Can you look up what she taught? Like, what was her main teaching? I, I just read. I, I don't know if it can get specific, but those things are... Apparently she had conversations with God and mystical experiences. That's um, what I want to hear, yeah. Okay, well, hang on. I mean, you know, you could, we could all chat GPT this. I, I want to see, hang on. Um, we can see an image of her hand resting on a jar. Um, I mean, currently, her severed hand is in a jar worshipped <laughs> by many. Why is her severed hand in a jar? All right. <clears throat> How Catholics do. That's my guess. Because <laughs> she stole the hearts of many. Haha, <laughs> get it? You steal and they chop your hand off. <laughs> wow. I see um, why they burn you at the stake, Lou. I have a question for Michael. <clears throat> oh, wait. Hey. Okay. Uh, hang on. Uh, okay, as. Um, Okay, it doesn't know. But generally speaking, Saint Relics, totally not icons of worship, relics, including body parts and personal belongings, have been venerated in various religious traditions as objects of devotion, totally not worship, objects of devotion, and symbols of spiritual connection, but totally not worship. Okay, um, before I get burned at the stake, yeah, that's, that's all I got. All right, CEO, what's your question? All right, so Michael, so when I used to belong in this uh, like Twitter group that discussed these topics, um, the atheists would always blast Mother Teresa and basically say that all the good she did was only to advance Christianity, so it shouldn't count. Um, so I just wanted to, to see what your perspective was on Mother Teresa. Oh, Agnes Bujashu. Yeah, she was terrible. Um, so there's a great book called The Missionary Position by Christopher Hitchens. Which is a which is a brilliant expose on the life of that hideous person, who said that suffering was a gift from God, who did absolutely terrible things. Um, yeah, she was a monstrosity. I'm glad she's dead, and it's too bad there's no hell for her to go to. Um, is that clear enough? Um, okay, well, actually, no. <laughs> like I, I, again, not Catholic, not near and dear to my heart. I have not spent a lot of in-depth research on her. I've heard some kind of talking points, but. Could you, like, like, what are, like, you know, the top, I don't know, three to five reasons that make you feel this way? And can you cite the objective sources? Oh, yeah, sure. So, uh, so the, best, the best source would be, like I said, the, um, uh, the book that I, I gave you, Missionary Position by Christopher Hitchens. Uh, so uh, there, was, book? there was actually, I'm sorry, say that again? You g gave me a book? Yeah, I gave you a book. Um, did you resend it to me if you did? Oh, no, sorry, no. Sorry, the, the, what I meant to say was the, the best, one of the best examples I can give you is what I already gave oh. you. Oh. Yeah. 
the example I already gave you. So uh, a couple of good, a couple of things. There was uh, I'll have to look up the I'll have to look up the sources. Uh, to but it, in the book, one of the things that she did was she went to a uh, like one of the missions that she had. Uh, this caused um, nuns that were working with her to leave. Uh, basically, there was uh, she some a couple of the missions she ran were basically like hospices for people that were dying, and the she there's there's testimony of nuns that were there that said they left after she told them to reuse needles for the IVs because the people there were dying anyway. That's one. Um, the uh, the second is the. Uh, documents found after her death where she funneled so much of the money that was uh, given to her for charity, funneled that away to other charities uh, when it was given for, for an express purpose uh, to be used, like for the charities that were that they were supposed to be assigned to. Um, and that's, those are, the, those are the, first, the only couple that kind of pop into my head right off the top of my head. But yeah, she was a monster. Yeah, that was a weak list. But hang on, yeah, what? Hang hang on, hang on. I I will save the dirty needle apologetics for later. But um, okay, so just being objective, because I don't really care one way or another. Um, you're saying the worst thing, um, in this the charity thing is, um, (laughs) what all this colorful stuff you said, right? Like burn in hell if there was a hell. I'm terrible, terrible person. Like all these like super things. I thought you were gonna see she was doing like vivisectomies or like you know something like that. Um, it would be all really misappropriation of funds, which is not good. It's unethical, but uh, that, I mean, that's correct, right? Like it would essentially for the, for the charity thing, it would be misappropriation of funds would be why she should burn in hell forever if there was one. Well, well so yeah. So, okay. And it's, it, it's, it's funny. So when you're talking about, you're talking about giving aid to people that are like in hospices that are dying, right? The, what you're supposed to be doing is making them as comfortable as possible. That's what a hospice does, right? And when you're taking money from, that, that was given for the express purpose of making dying people more comfortable and funneling that to other charities, that's monstrous. And then would, what if it was something like, you know, her counter to that would be, well, we had enough provision for, you know, what we needed, et cetera. Therefore, it would have been hoarding or wasteful because we wouldn't have been able to use all the money. I don't know. Like, would you be like, oh, that's right. a fair counterpoint or unacceptable. Right. But they clearly didn't because of, because if that were the case, she wouldn't be telling uh, nuns to reuse dirty needles because people were dying anyway. Which if money wasn't to, an issue. Okay. And then that will bring us to... Uh, um, <laughs> Do not use dirty needles, people. The official yeah. position of the Ask a Christian Room is do not use dirty needles. That being said, let me be the best Mother Teresa advocate I can think of. Would it be prudent if uh, any illness caused by dirty needles would be, you know, weeks to months, perhaps even years away, like hepatitis C to show its symptoms or something, or AIDS, like, you know, I don't know, several months to get symptoms, I don't know. But presumably, it would be well after these people died. So... In that case, it would be just prudent and uh, an efficient use. Um, what's the word I'm thinking of? Anyways, it, it would be prudent to not be wasteful spending. The only bad reason would be if one of these people that she thought was on their way out miraculously like, recovered, and then they're like, holy crap, we just infected that guy with AIDS. Well, that sucks. 
But if that never happened, and they all did as she predicted, um, and they died, then even if the dirty needles, you know, would have caused something, they all died. So it is super skeevy, and don't do that, and that, that is very disgusting. But there wouldn't be actual any visible repercussions of that, because all they all died. Um, wait, wait. I mean, if you separate the emotion, hang on, I'm talking, Michael. I mean, if you if you completely withdraw every ounce of emotion from that, that's just numbers on a paper, right? Like, I mean, you would have to say, well, if all of that is somehow true, then it's just disgusting, but it didn't cause any harm. Yeah, isn't hospice supposed to be for people with terminal disease? Well, I like Michael's response, and yes, it is. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I'm not. I'm. I'm actually not sure how to address that. Like, like the the as an emotional uh, robot. <laughs> yeah, it, it, exactly. Because you know, it's like you know the 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 apologetic of fiscal responsibility. I'm not sure what to say to that. Uh, are we saying that we can't clean needles? Is that the idea? Well, hang on. Hang on. I see where this is going. <laughs> are, are you? Okay, okay so, so concrete, you line so, up for the needle that's been quote-unquote cleaned. I'll take the clean one. I mean, yeah, hang on. So, yeah. and, and I mean, you know, they're like three cents, by the way, to manufacture. So before, before people mistake what I already clarified multiple times, cat, uh, no. Nate, you do not have a basic understanding of medical procedures and practices. Nate does. That's why Nate's saying don't use dirty needles. Don't do it. This is a hypothetical, um, not hypodermic, <laughs> uh, hypothetical argument um, that we're playing out. So, again, do not use dirty needles. Do not do that. All right. We're all good now? Yeah. So the question still is, can we clean needles? Yes or no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, you line up for the Wait, one. No, I just want to. I want to get an answer. In theory, yes. Answer. In reality, don't do it. In theory, yes. In practice, all right. Don't so do that it. sounds reasonable then. <laughs> so that whole accusation about Mother Teresa should all of that. It seems to be predicated on um, needles that were reused um, and money that went from one charity to another charity. Wow. And I don't, I don't understand how this is even relevant if uh, hospice is supposed to be for people with terminal disease who only have well, a couple I, of days' life left. Well, well Michael, yeah. I have a more basic um, question just because I don't know. Um, what In that time, what, 1960s, how, how ready... How how can just one second? Can how ready were needles in that part of the world in the 1960s, Michael? And I'm just asking. Even better I, point. Well, first of all, it wasn't just the 1960s, um, but and I and I have no idea what the stock levels of needles in hospitals were in Africa. Well, you would so, think that would be a little bit relevant. We could imagine there wasn't overnight shipping, right? <laughs> nope. Uh, the other thing, you know, like we were talking about in hospice, hospice is not providing life, you know, preservation. They're, they're giving comfort to the dying. And so that's, you know, they're, they're not giving them, you know, their uh, A1AC, you know, blood sugar level drugs. They're only giving comforting medications like morphine and those kinds of things so it's not life saving drugs they're giving they're giving comfort what is your it's knowledge not, of hospice care hang on it's not giving life preserving look i understand i want to understand little deer's claim 
that she's knowledgeable of what hospice care is all about. Well, that's just hospice. Um, she just she just summarized what hospice no, care is about. Thank you. Little dear, what is your knowledge? I'm not being a jerk. I'm asking a question. Did you say so anything wrong? Yeah, look why up hospice. I... Look up hospice on Hang Wikipedia. Can I ask one person one question for understanding about, of what they're saying? How about why how don't about, we get a how about how about I explain it to you? I have had four, uh, sorry four family members go through hospice. I have watched them die. I have watched all their medications being taken away and given comfort care. That's what hospice is. I understand is. that. And, and, so and would you like me to would you like me to also explain that I have four family members that are in either uh, uh, one of them used to be a director of home health care. The other three are, doc are doctors, not doctors, nurses that are in the field. So do I need to give you any more of my qualifications of it? I've watched four family members sitting. See why you're being a jerk, Corletta? I, I think. Yep, that's why you're being. I think rather than arguing about the specifics of hospice care. I, I know, I know, James, your claim is going to be that she's not a medical professional. And I'm about to, I'm about to back you up. Again. Before I got attacked and jumped on, I just wanted to understand this person's background of their knowledge of hospice care. I was not being a jerk, but however, because I am quote-unquote an atheist, quote-unquote an opinionated individual, people jump on me every time I come off mute. Thank woe you. is me, woe is me. No, not All woe right, is so me. I, I don't care. The bigger, the bigger problem with, if it's true, if Mother Teresa is saying if they have access to uh, you know, clean needles or the ability to clean them or have a ready supply of them financially, whatever, whether they have that or not, the, the problem with saying just go ahead and use dirty needles when there's another option is that even in comfort care, there are some things you do for posterity. So my uncle just passed away last week and he was on comfort care. Well, it was last Wednesday. Yeah. And so I was with him in, in the hospital on comfort care. There's nothing more they're going to do. He's 92, you know, and they were giving him his eye drops because it might have been uncomfortable for him to, you know, he, he wasn't even conscious. And they're saying, okay, Richard, we're going to come and give you the eye drops and here you go. And this will be like that. So I think the problem is that when you start, when you stop giving the eye drops or when you use dirty needles, you're neglecting a crucial element of humanity. It's not That's, really that important. It's almost like you're missing the point. Like Africa, 1960s, um, Mother Teresa already being a charity, not an established business in the care in the in, in you know paying getting fees for their work so it's like no i'm not well, I do yeah, the reason why they on, give eye on. drops I'm in not... hospice is because if you have your eyes open it's going to cause uh, retinal sorry corneal abrasions which are very painful yeah right of course so that's that's why so, they give it for comfort right Right. But whether whether but you so use dirty ivs or right? clean ivs makes no difference to your comfort at all <sighs> okay but my point is that the problem people might be having this with this, if there were nurses leaving, and I haven't validated this claim. I don't know if this is true, but what, what's his face wrote? The problem with this that I could see is that you're neglecting some basic element of humanity. Sure, we're not worried about them dying of AIDS in 20 years, but we would still keep up, you know, medical practice for posterity because they're still a human being. Well, I do yeah, have a clarifying what, what point. What does that even can mean, I, I, keep up I, medical I, practice for can I, get, I want to have a historical point, please. I want to give a historical point. Okay. 
So according to Dr. Arup Charte, who was a harsh critic of Mother Teresa, he said that she reused needles. He never said they were dirty. So exactly. I think that's a clarifying point. Okay, yeah. So, uh, so Nate, uh, I know you were only kind of taking, you know, a purposely um, harsh line. So no, no harm, no foul there. Steph, what? thank you for... De- Steph, thank you for taking, uh, like, at least showing some humanity. Uh, CEO, I took no offense to your your question at all. Uh, I think it was a good question. I suggest everybody read the book. Um, and now maybe we, uh, if you wanted to move on, Nate. Well, I, I have, I have a follow-up qu- question for you, though, Michael. Are there, are there I don't know. Two I haven't got banned yet. <laughs> uh, so, so, Michael, I'm just wondering. I just want to see yeah. where you are. are. Can you name one or two positive qualities of Mother Teresa? Um. She was willing to go there and do something for people. It's got to count for something. Wait, that's yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I would say that. You know, Damn like, it, you did I do. Mean, sorry. Um, yeah, I would say that at, at minimum. I would say that at minimum. Yeah. Yeah, that's cheating. Haiti is saying that um, there are claims that she refused to use pain medication in comfort care, which I think is a much stronger case for something horrific than the nuance of needles. I would agree. Is any of that verified? I would be curious. Not not in the sense that Disc- I actually want to know for this room, but I generally... Discordant is posted... Raised, yeah, Discordant posted a link to an article from All That's Interesting up in the chat that broke it down, and I did read it. Um, it's a very uncharitable view. I mean, at the end of the day, Mother Teresa wasn't living like the Pope. She was, like, living with these people with communicable diseases. She wasn't, you know, driving a car even. She was barefoot and living in places that most of us would probably not choose to live. So I don't, I don't know how sinister I can, I can, you know, take her to be, but the article is not charitable. Well, Michael, you were suggesting we move on to a different topic. Do you have one? Okay, great. Steph, I have something. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> let's, let's, let's just keep this pile rolling. All right. Um, <laughs> who's familiar, show of hands, with the, the Q Shaman? Yeah, I'm, I'm curious. Actually, sorry, I yeah, didn't realize like, that I was yeah. on. I didn't realize I was on mute there. Crap, sorry. Um, I did have another topic if you want to move on. Well, I already started. Well, on now I want to hear the Q Shaman. And Nate, I've communicated so, with him just FYI. I would be curious about that. So everyone's familiar, you know, the, the J6 looking insane, the horns, the images, all that. I recently came across this interview uh, and the guy, you know, the, the guy was interviewing him. And I, I actually didn't know it was a Q-Shaman for a little bit. I mean, because, you know, without his makeup and, and horns, it looks totally different. So I'm like, that is a really interesting point. I'm not going to tell you the point yet, but it came from this guy. And then after they're like, because they were using his name. And then finally, they're like the Q shaman and showed pictures. I'm like, oh crap, it's that guy. And I listen to the interview. It, it's like polar opposite from like you know the depiction of him like you know running around with like horns and makeup. And I'm like, you know, how much of this was an act? How insane is he really? Like I listened to this guy talk, and he was actually super subdued and like mild manner, and brought up a lot of interesting points. <laughs> I'm not even reading the chat right now because I'm scared. But some of the points. Where like, 
you know, uh, for example, talking about like, and this reached like far, far away from J6, right? So he's talking about like his incarceration and how he got out. Like that's where it finally, he finally got on the Q Shaman stuff. But he's like, was going to the broader point, And this for me, you, you may be interested stuff about like, you know, energy, right? So people are like pushing like all this like climate change and carbon neutral and all this other stuff. But he raised these points about questioning their motives, which I mean, we all do. But he's like, well, what about, you know, Tesla Tower Tech? Um, where it's like, you know, free, sustainable, renewable energy, and it's free. And, uh, you know, then the counterpoint is, well, it doesn't really work. It wasn't really proven, but there's pat operational patents. So I'm like, you know, that's interesting. Let me research this. So I poked around the internet and got some different sources for a while. And I just thought if no one's familiar with like Tesla Tower Tech, check that out because there is zero reason people need to be pushing for like, you know, lithium stripping mines that are like damaging the earth. And like solar panels that, you know, are way more toxic to produce than like stuff they save and all this other stuff, which is like just greed upon greed. So they're like, oh, coal is bad. Coal is bad. While they're offering a solution that is equal to or more bad, even if it's invisible on the surface. Whenever you look at like the Tesla Tower stuff, um, you see like the chief reasons. And, and I dug in a little bit because I'm like, you know, I don't want to sound like an idiot. So what are the goods? What are the bad? And it seems like it actually like does work. But the, the, the negative reasons why, why this isn't pursued is because, check this out. So it's inefficient over long distances. Great. So have it power neighborhoods. Perfect. Okay, so that's negated. And then the other big reason why this is not pursued and promoted by governments or industry or anyone is there's no way to charge customers for consumption. So I'm like, okay, guys, hang on. I don't want to hear another word about carbon or climate change or oil or any of this stuff until somebody addresses this at a very high level. If the two, like the, the main top two reasons why this technology is not pursued is because it's free and it's so easily available and so easy to produce that you can't charge customers for its consumption and it's inefficient at long distances, like across sea. I don't care about what anyone else has to say about climate change. Anyway, Steph, what do you think about that first? Oh boy, uh, I would have a lot of research to do to verify, but taking you at your word, that sounds right in line with the level of suspicion I have for the government. So That being said, I love the government and I understand they oppress me for my own good and I love you all. Hail, government, Hydra, hail. Okay. Can I, can Michael, I say, what? Uh, yeah, Lou, go ahead. Say something just as controversial. This reminds, this, this reminds me of, um, I'm going to get killed for this one. Um, this reminds me of, uh, you know, people who talk about slavery. Like, there's slavery happening right now. What are we doing right now um, with those who are being enslaved now, today? Like, those people that love to talk about slavery, I want those people to take, you know, take charge in that also. And that's also like abortion. If you're going to get killed, let me just throw myself in the pile with you. Like, I, I just came across this cage, uh, page on Facebook, and it was like, you know, uh, people crying about like how evil the Bible was. Like I, I, there was some post that just irked me. So I looked at the whole profile, the whole page, and it was like a abortion, like a celebrate abortion page. And there was one post further down that was crying about like you know how how Christians are so, so stupid and how you know God their God is so dumb and kills everyone in the Bible and stuff like that. And then there was like post after post because it's primarily an abortion celebration page. So uh, you know one of these memes is like. God keep, keeps giving me babies, and I keep sending them back. Ha, ha, ha. And it was like, oh, you're so brave. You go, queen. You're amazing. I'm like, what the heck? I'm like, I don't want to hear anyone cry about, like, you know, God and the death and the wars and the killings in the Bible. 
until you know you have an equal problem with you know sending your dead aborted babies that you killed back to God. All right, have have we successfully offended everyone? Well, I've got I got a response for you and Steph on the climate change. I don't think the lie is about climate change. I think the lie is about how much we can do about it. I think that is a lie. Yeah, it's how much we cause and how much we can do. But still, um, yeah, the the completely like free, renewable, sustainable energy that is clean, like there is zero reason except greed and selfishness to not pursue that. So it's the same line. Like, yeah, I, I agree with you, CEO. It's totally about, it's totally about, um, well, I got it from engineer.com. So, you know, if you want to check that out, Squishy, one of the sources was uh, engineer, engineer.com or engineers.com. Anyways, but, um, or engineering.org, I don't know. It was a, uh, a site full of engineers. Um, but if that's the chief reason, I don't care what else you, what else you have to say. It's kind of also like, uh, you know, like, like J6, right? And all the indictments and Trump's like conspiracy and traitor of the nation, all this other stuff. Like if no one's going to address that Pelosi in charge of the Capitol Police, Trump offered like 10,000 National Guards and she refused. And in addition to refusing, sent half, like 50% of her own Capitol Police home that day. If no one's going to address that, I don't care what anyone else has to say. If you're wanting to commit an insurrection, you're not going to offer to give 10,000 armed servicemen who would stop that insurrection to the person in charge of the Capitol, which is diametrically opposed to Trump. So that's 10,000 people under Pelosi's control that she refused, in addition to sending 50% of her own force home. I don't care what anyone else has to say. Um, now, now, Nate, I have, right. I have a question just because I'm wondering how people are following this. Are you, do you <laughs> understand that? And that, that but, but do you, do you, are you aware that the federal charges being filed have nothing to do with people going to the Capitol and what happened at the Capitol? Are you aware of that? Uh, Be specific. There's multiple indictments. But yes, I know what you're talking about. It's about the election certification and stuff like that. Yeah, it's about conspiracy to overthrow the government. So when he Which orders Mike Pence. No, it's not. Like it, it, okay, it, okay, fine. Wait, if it's, if it's not it's trash. It's straightforward. If it, no, no, it's not. First of all, it's not. And second of all, if it is, then every other person that need, that questions elections that that is doing the same thing and more that Trump did needs to be hauled up on charges. No, every that's not. Time, it's not about free speech. It, I'm not saying free speech. Every single per time a Democrat loses, they cry rigged election, false election, interference. They cry and, and like remember they said that if Trump won, they would not uh, accept the results. Madonna said blow up the Capitol. Like all these Democrat leaders, Biden, Clinton, all of them have cried and like like done so much more than Trump did when he said, I think there's fraud, find the fraud. That's questioning elections. So they're he saying you can't right question elections. I, I know, but they're you. saying he doesn't. No, no, they're not. That's the thing I'm trying to explain to you. That is not what the discussion is about. That's the well, talking wait. point that's being given. The discussion is that when he ordered Mike Pence not to certify, he's officially ordering the vice president of the United States, giving him an unlawful order. That's the issue. That's the crime. It's like Al Gore back in 2000. Remember, he was vice president. If anyone could have changed an election, it was him. It was his election. If he had decided not to certify, that would have been a crime. No, that is erroneous and wrong. So the reason, first of all, <laughs> first of all, first of all, about ordering Pence, there was like there was. Look at Pennsylvania. Like we have all the evidence. It's indisputable. Whether you whether you question the outcome of the investigation, the fact is 
like it, specifically in Pennsylvania, right? That's why he didn't want Pence to certify the election. Not because he's like, I, I lost fair and square. Do not certify. It's because the Supreme Court in Pennsylvania specifically allowed mail-in voting, which legally could only be done by a congressional vote in Pennsylvania, and they did not do that. So because that was an unlawful practice that allowed unlawful illegal voting by the state constitution of Pennsylvania, that, that was demonstrably proven that was an unlawful vote. That's why he, he told – he wanted Pence to send the election back to Pennsylvania and like a couple other states that did similar things that are just demonstrable. You can't dispute it and say get your house in order, do things legally, and then send us your new votes legally. And Pence was saying – freaking Judas – was saying, no, that's unconstitutional. That's illegal. That's treason. I can't do that. But the fact that is not – you cannot contest it is what happened in Pennsylvania. It had to be an act of Congress. Congress didn't do it. The Supreme Court did it, and that violates the Pennsylvania state constitution. And that's what they're saying is treason, and it's not. Even if everything you said is correct. It is. When Congress, yeah, well, I'm going to grant it to you. Let me grant it to you, okay? Even with granting it to you, when Congress does what they do, the vice president's legal responsibility under the Constitution is to certify. If he does not do that, it is unlawful. So therefore, if the president gives him that order not to do it, that is not legal. It's just not. Like, that's the no, issue. No, no, you, can, you can say it's not moral. You can say, hey, that's not moral. That's not right. Fine. But it is actually illegal to, for him to give the order that he does. I disagree. And I mean, the courts will find it out. But no, more than that, if the, pre- if the vice president knows something is fraudulent, it is his constitutional duty. Does a con- I mean, does the Constitution and like, you know, duty to your country supersede some law of Congress or some order of a president? You take an oath to the country, not an oath to serve the president, not an oath to serve a bunch of people in Congress. You take an oath to serve the country. So how take being true to your oath to the country, which is above all in, in the state government it's, or in the, in the country federal government, you take an oath to the, the country. So how could you, knowing, indisputable, can't argue that you're getting fraudulent votes counted, how could you certify that in good conscience? You have to send that back to whence it came and have them fix it and legally send, send you legal votes done by their constitution, and then you fulfill your duty to the country, the oath that you took. There's two so other like issues saying, here. If you, so if you, if you gave out, Trump Pennsylvania, he still would have lost. Biden would have still had electoral votes. So that, that's one matter. And then number two, Congress certified it. The 435 members of Congress do not get less of a voice in it than the vice president, than the VP. One person does not have more power than 435. Uh, I'm not sure. First of all, there's, oh, one second, Jason, we'll come right to you. First of all, it's not just Pennsylvania. Like there's multiple instances. Pennsylvania is the, is the most like demonstrable and the most glaring. But there's other states that had similar issues. Like anyways, like Georgia and some others that had very similar issues. And also, like the people, in, the Congress people of Pennsylvania and Georgia and the other places that took place should have also been raising hell about it because it was fraudulent. It was illegal. How could they uphold their oath of office knowing that these things happened and just like signing the blank, signing the blank check? Yeah, Jason, what's up? I mean, are you talking about Jack Smith's uh, charges or are you talking about different yeah, charges? Yeah, we're, we're talking about Jack Smith's charges and my other point to nate is i I can give you even pennsylvania and georgia and trump still loses you can't take arizona because the arizona republicans said they would have loved for trump to win they did everything they could and he just didn't 
So in your very best case scenario, we can charitably give you Pennsylvania and Georgia, and Trump still doesn't win me a election. He can't have Georgia. Well, that's not Georgia. my great. Well, <clears throat> well, not... well, Jack Smith's charges, uh, the, like, the only thing that you can allude to the Pence topic, which I, don't, I actually don't think Jack Smith is going after that is the count of conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding. But I, don't, I think that that is really his efforts to disrupt the certification by encouraging people to go to the Capitol. To, the, I don't think it was his... I don't think they're going after this issue of he attempted to get Pence to do something. Um, now, maybe I'm wrong about that. Yeah, that's I how that's I read thing. it, Jason, because uh, conspiracy to commit fraud against the United States. Right, well, but that's my, question, to, that, that, that's my questioning the elections, which everyone has done, like far, far more than him. So, like, in, but in it's society, actions, like, look at, look not questions. No, okay, okay, what actions? Like, I don't think Trump was waving banners and, like, leading people to violence. I, don't, I didn't see him, like, you know, protesting on the Capitol. I didn't see it's Trump doing zero actions. to do with that. Well, he was, okay, put, great. He was, wait, hang he on. was putting out a wait, number wait, wait, of tweets and wait, communicating hang on, hang on. this to his mass. Hold on. Space. We can talk about Wait. Hang on. There's a point first. A hallmark of, like, free and fair elections is being able to question the results. If you look at Jack Smith's ridiculous indictment, who, uh, uh, you know, peace be upon him. I love the deep state. I love you all. You're amazing. Um, but if you look at his indictment, it is, it is so weak. And essentially it's saying – I mean – it's worded differently, but if you read between the lines, it's for questioning elections. And they're saying, you know, because of like the fervor and the way he did it, that is, you know, why he's like committing treason against the country. But it's essentially doing far less than what all of his Democrat opponents have done in the past, which is questioning the elections, say it was rigged, saying it was unfair, saying they're not going to accept the results, which he didn't even do half as much as they do. But regardless, a hallmark is being able to question your elections and have investigations about them. And that's what we commonly condemn third world banana republics well, for. I, I'm going to get this out of my mouth. That's what we commonly condemn third world republics for, like Venezuela and like, you know, Brazil, how they locked up their leader and all this other stuff because of questioning elections. So now here we are, and, you know, one guy questions elections. And when it's a Republican for some reason, now it's like treason and it's like, you know, subverting democracy and all this other stuff. So the fact that he can't question elections, which is essentially what it is. That's a problem. We are the thing that we say we hate. Well, that's a bit. I think that's a little bit of a stretch. Um, but what I would say to on your on your side is that there's the Alvarez case, which was decided I think like ten years ago in the Supreme Court, that said that um, politicians can make false statements about elections, and uh, so they're going to lean on that case to say that Trump has a constitutional First Amendment right to make false claims. But Jack Smith's trying to make the claim that there is an aspect of conspiracy here to spread false claims about the election while he knew that they were not true. And so this gets to this heart of this issue is that somebody can conspire with others to attempt to defraud and make false claims knowing that they are false. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to pit the, those uh, precepts that are in our laws against the, this Alvarez case of saying that a politician can make false claims. And so that's why I think you're literally saying, describing this... the entire Democrat Party. No, that's true. No, but oh, what Jason okay, said that's, was well, true. That's just a stretch. I don't know about that. Yeah. No, so, it's totally true. 
So, no, so no, uh, okay. Well, why is it why is it describing the Democratic Party? It's it's describing any political party, like you oh, know, any so, political party. Sure. I mean, but well, like you said, de- you said that's de- literally describing the Democratic Party, right? Because he likes to throw grenades. But, but like, I mean, here's the thing: is that the Jack Smith case is nonsense. Everybody knows it's nonsense. Even the inside baseball people know it's nonsense. The whole point is to have it go to the Supreme Court. That's the only thing that he's counting on. All of the rest of it doesn't matter. It's all political nonsense. It is a political prosecution. I don't know why now, you would think it's do a political I think- process. I, it's a political. I don't know why you think it was one hundred percent. I mean, it's just stupid not to think that. So, so, so the, so the, so the long and the short of it is that Trump will. You guys are going to get what you want. You're going to get Trump win the win the primary. Um, Trump will then lose the general election. That is the plan. That that is one hundred percent the political prosecution yeah. plan. That you know that Trump. You know that there's all the outrage with people like Nate who don't understand politics, and then they will pull the lever wow. for Trump. Wow, take that from yeah. Bill? <laughs> yeah, I'm just well, saying. No, I, I, I mean, you I think will pull the lever I, for Trump no matter what. He could shoot people hot, in the head, in this. front of your head, in front of your face, and you would still vote for Trump <clears> because you're a, outraged about the elites. I have a okay. really hot take, so, wait, take wait, on this. No, you're going to have to hold all on right. a minute. All right. Chris, Chris is saying some stuff. Good work. So if Trump shot someone in the head or did something that I feel is like legit you know, terrible, terrible, I would be like, well, he lost my support. So, Chris, I guess you don't know me as well as you thought well, I knew. Well, Nate, but I want I I to test that, don't Hang on, hang on, hang on. It's totally related. Is it related after I'm done making my point? So I think the whole point is just to make Trump miss the election. If he said, you know, I've had enough, I'm out of here, I withdraw, I'm not running, all this would mysteriously stop being talked about and it would disappear. I, I I'm certain of that. I would pull the lever of certainty for that. But their whole their whole goal is just to prevent him from running. Like, look at Jack Smith. Like, his his like, if not the like in the top like three of the most overturned cases like in the world. Like everything this guy does is overturned. Like Google that in five minutes. Anyway, so no one thinks it's going to stick. No one thinks it's going to win. Even he doesn't. Um, so their point is keeping him from actually running in you know in the election. So they don't care if it's overturned in the Supreme Court because that's going to take until after the election. So that's what I think is the whole goal, and they're probably gonna they're probably gonna win. Like they're gonna they're gonna you know get him convicted of or you know they're gonna like get him for treason or something like that, which is gonna prevent him from running. And then it doesn't matter. They're like, yeah, it's gonna be overturned in a couple of years. No one cares. He didn't run. Mission accomplished. Right. That's that's what I think. So Nate, I have a question for you, and then I will say a point in your favor. So my question for you is that if it is proven that Trump on multiple occasions did not believe that he won and he still engaged in all that behavior, would you have an issue then? And then the point I'll say on your side, which I don't know why any of the Trump people aren't talking about, is Rupert B. Hayes actually got a slate of alternative electors and won the presidency that way in 1876. And also, that's one of the things, by the way, you said you're going to say a point in my favor, but um, one of the things that they're, they're um, trying to go after Trump for is like the idea that they were talking about alternate electors. Um, they didn't even do it. They were talking about alternate electors, and that's one of the things that they're going after him for. When Meanwhile, that's exactly what happened to Bernie Sanders. Like, Remember that? Like, because he ran and like, uh, you know, they were like uh, rigging it against poor Bernie. 
Um, so like in, it's like if you campaign in New Hampshire, you can't get electors in some other state or vice versa, something like that. So they basically – the thing they're accusing him of kind of sort of thinking about doing, they legit did. Like Clinton stole uh, you know, in 2016 Bernie's electors by getting alternates, and that's fine. But when Trump kind of sort of thinks about doing the same thing, now it's treason against the country. Um, so, you know, say, do as I say, not uh, what do as I say, not whatever, okay. you know, not I as have, I do. Now, what um, now? What about my first? Point, wait, 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 wait. Uh, your first, uh, your first. You may have to recap, but there's one more thing I want to say. So, oh, yeah. No, this is your question. OK, so I'll answer your question. So you said if he if he knew what he was doing or whatever. Um, yeah, if he if he like if I was convinced that he knew he lost fair and square. Um, and, you know, he was trying to, to lie and meander and, like, finagle his way into staying, I would say, you know, I would move support, and I want fair and honest elections. And, you know, if, if the will of the country is to be ran by this, you know, our current dear leader, that sucks, but I want fairness. I want what's right. So let justice be done. May the heavens fall if he legitimately won. But evidence, uh, you could say it, it's weak evidence because it's coming from, you know, inside players. But I forget the guys, Jack Byrne or John Byrne. I think it's Jack Byrne. Uh, he was like a, what, CEO of Overstock, or he started Overstock or something. But he was like one of Trump's, like, you know, inside advisors at the end. And when you hear him, his testimony, he says, he's like, look, I was in the room when this came down. And he's like, uh, I'm paraphrasing, but he's like, I was talking to Trump, and I'm like, what do you want to do? And he's like, look, if I, if I lost fair and square, I don't care. He's like, you know, I have a great life. I'm fine. I love this country. But if I lost and that's the will of the people, it is so easy. For me to get on that helicopter and go live my life with my, you know, kids, grandkids, etc. But uh, if I think this is unfair, how can I do that? You know, believing that this is unfair. So I think you could say it's all lies or whatever. But I mean, if you if you take data given, that is data, data given, and it seems to line up with logic. Like you know, the guy has a great life. He's lost and took so much pain by doing this by being president. That what kind of person would do that? And you could say like extreme narcissist, megalomaniac, you know, it doesn't matter about all this stuff happening to him. Or you can say the other side, which is, yeah, why would you unless you really just want to fix things that you think are wrong in this country? And, you know, you don't care if you have a lot of pain for you and your family and lose a lot of your wealth and fortune. Um, so you can go extreme good or extreme bad and not really in the middle. So I'd say that like the testimony of his inside guy is, yeah, Trump's like, it is so easy if I legitimately lose this. To just peace out. And that makes sense. It's logical. So I would believe that more than, oh, I'm lost, but I have to stay because ah, I want more pain. I want more people crying about me. That's the answer hey, to your question. Tim uh, Scott, 2024. I mean, look. Oh, that's it, never going to happen. I like the guy. The, but goodness, that's never going to happen. Look, okay, I have, I have uh, <clears throat> some comments on that, and then I have a hot take that you, you guys are probably going to find. You may, may uh, be surprised. But uh, one, he wants to run because he sees it as a, as, a, as a mechanism for defending himself. He knows that he's going to – he could potentially face criminal charges as we get closer to the election, um, which, again, this is uh, – Democrats haven't done a very good job of any of this. Um, as we get closer to the election, it's, it is going to look more and more politicized. Um, it's going to be very difficult for the Democrats to justify – uh, any type of criminal charge against a candidate running for president that we're like six months out, that's going to be super difficult. He's going to be in a great position to, to, for the Justice Department, even if he's convicted, to just kind of wave their hand and say, look, we, we, just, this is, we just really can't put him in jail or anything. Or we, I mean, 
talking about it is too hot of a topic. But my hot take is, here's what I think. I think I think that given Trump is actually going to win the election, he's going to win the general. That the this um, these um, charges only motivate his base. Um, we saw him getting a tick up in the polls when the first indictments came through. Uh, he's going to use this to his advantage. He already is. Um, and I think that the Democrats just kind of fucked it up. I mean, I think that they thought that they that maybe there was some aspect of you leveraging these charges to attempt to show Trump as a criminal, that this would be their in a political benefit to them. Even if the charges are legit, the, the politics see the polit politicians may see this as an advantage that will make Trump look bad or that, again, will uh, 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 make it so he can't run for an election, even though you can run for president and have a felony. You could technically run for president from jail, I think. I don't think there's anything precluding would be the only reason. <laughs> you can, but well, not for insurrection. Once you get charged yeah. with that, you, you don't I, qualify. I don't think those, wait a second. I don't think those – do those crimes prevent you from running for president? Absolutely. Yes. 100%. Those, those it's specifically like those one or two. It's like treason or insurrection. Like, yeah, that's like the only thing that prevents you. So Is felonies are fine, with but not that. I, but I don't think he's being charged with treason or insurrection. He's being charged no. with obstruction of justice, conspiracy, things of that nature, but not any of those other counts. So, no, I, I think right, right, that's that's true. I think that's where it's going, though, because, you know, they expect an indictment for Georgia. So, like, I, I believe they're, like, trying to, like, lay groundwork because their their whole goal is to prevent him from running. So I think it's it's like breadcrumbing its way to insurrection, to treason. Um, well, that's why I, think. I don't think I don't. I mean, I don't see those charges federally, <laughs> and I don't think state charges. I don't think people are going to file uh, treason charges at a state level. I think it would have to be at the federal level. But the, my only point is, I think that in tw I think come November of 2024, we're going to see another. Pre we're going to see President Trump. Uh, that's well, what I think. As much as I hate that, I think that that's where we're heading, and I think the Democrats are just blowing it. And if they really wanted to not have Trump run, what they should have done is just not done any of these indictments. Does that because he just he he would just fade away? Well, I, I I agree with you. Like if they wanted to be smart, which you know, if they wanted to be smart, I agree. They should have just like let it go. They should have just like you know uh, built a PR campaign against him. Like you know, enough people hate him. Um, look at this room. Enough people hate him that you could have just PR'd your way to victory, uh, probably. Like, switch Biden out. Good God, switch him out. But you could have PR'd your way to victory. But because they're doing this, and they don't learn. Um, so it's like history repeating itself. Every time they indict the guy, he bumps up, like, you know, skyrockets in the polls. However, if, if all things were fair, like, you know, I, I'm talking like news media, social media, like all the other stuff, like, you know, Hunter's laptop alone was a 10 point swing. So not just like, oh, rigged election like that, but like legitimately, um, if all things were fair, um, I, I totally believe he would landslide to victory, but I don't think they're going to do that. I, I think like at some point, um, you know, if they can't win legally, uh, quote legally, if they can't win in the courts, um, I think if, if it gets too close to too close to the call, they're going to, you know, try to mysteriously have him have an accident. Like I, I, you know, there's been enough people like in positions of power, like even Biden's on the clip saying, you know, we're, we're not going to let him win. And he's like, what? Oh, constitutionally, we're not going to let him win. Uh, so there's been enough people that kind of say the quiet part out loud that it's like, I, I mean, you know, 
depending on who you talk to, you think certain politicians have, have like been, been assassinated for less by different people. Um, so I, I think if they can't do it in the courts, um, they're, they're, he's just going to have an accident. So, Jason, I got a quick question for you. Could there be a less nefarious purpose around protecting the institution of elections? So they, the Justice Department wants people to lose, who lose close elections to act like how Al Gore did in 2000 or Richard Nixon in 1960. They never want someone to do what Trump has done again, and that could be why the charges are being brought. Well, That's I mean, not their call. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't think that the Justice Department's doing that. There may be political motivations, but I think that this kind of like uh, indication that there's political influence on Merrick Garland and Jack Smith to for these charges. So like, there's kind of like a a, a a top down press for them to do it. I don't think that's happening. No, I that's really not true. I, I, that's not true. I, I, it doesn't just, have to be well, coordinated. This any, is what you the don't look. have any. Well, yeah, you're just you're just speculating. You're just well, speculating. You don't you don't actually know and that. And so are you. Um, well, I'm not speculating. There, I, yes, what I'm saying are. is, is that we have good evidence to suggest that the Justice Department, in, under non-Trump can, uh, 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 administrations, is fairly walled off. Like, look at fr- from the executive office. Look at like um, uh, Obama. Obama didn't even want to meet with fucking uh, Comey, the FBI, he, or the AG. They, he let, there's a, a sense of letting the AG and the FBI run their investigations without the influence of the executive office, mainly because the executive office doesn't want the political heat if it comes down to something like somebody saying that you're putting your thumb on the AG to attack people. But that has kind of went out the window with Trump. Now, because Trump was willing to do these kinds of things. Now there's just like this assumption from the kind of crazy base of the Republicans that Biden is doing this. Biden is directing Jack Smith to go after Trump. This is the reason why I thought it's just a dumb idea probably for these indictments to occur because this is what's going to get, they're going to get accused of. They're going to get accused of Biden attacking his, um, somebody who's going to be running for office. This is like, it, it looks really bad, but I just don't think Biden and them are doing it. I think that Trump has made his own bed. They're, they're, the Democrats are just following the, or the, not the Democrats, but the uh, AG's office is just following the w- the course of where the evidence is leading them. But it's but the, but the if you looked at it with like these glasses, these uh, gl- tinted glasses from a Republican stance. And then you could paint a picture that says that this is the administration putting their thumb on a candidate. And that's why this is probably going to backfire for them. I, I agree with you. I, but I don't think it has anything to do with what's, what the actual evidence is. I think the actual evidence is horribly against Trump. But it's politically, it's just going to backfire for the Democrats. That's what I think. Well, I, I think that uh, this is just happy talk to make sure that Trump wins the primary then he tanks the general and we get four more years of Biden. I think that that is the plan. I think it's real. There's a lot of evidence to see that that's the plan. I, uh, quick, I just, I think it's. Quick question for any, any, you know, I guess everyone, like you said, four more years of Biden. Like, does anyone legitimately think that's going to happen? Like not saying Trump's going to win, but I mean, does anyone actually think the guy can make it four more years? Or doesn't, does everyone think that someone is going to take his place? I think Trump or, is the only person Biden could beat. Any other Republican you throw up there, Biden's losing.
Well, no, no, not talking about that. Like, like Biden wins, right? Does anyone think he can physically make it four years, or does everyone? Think I don't think Biden's he'll want to. No, you're right. I don't think he'll want to. There's a good case for him to just basically call it a day after two years because it would set up Kamala to be in a better position to run in 2028. So I think you are correct, but I don't think it will be because of his health. I think it would probably just be strategy. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, I will agree that. Um, this is like a perfect storm to get Trump elected again, because we have a president right now that while he may have good policies and um, and has good connections and he may actually be able to govern like the perception is he's just an old dude that like, you know, it looks senile and he does look senile. He does. Um, when you see if you put Biden again and compare him to Trump just in terms of their physical like how they interact and stuff. Trump looks younger. Trump looks like he's more on point than Biden. Biden's got the, like the, the old man shuffle. He's got the eyes that look kind of like droopy, like an old guy. Like it just, I can see why when the Republicans are like, look, he's just old and senile. Like I, he, there's, there's a hint of truth to that. So I, yeah, I think that, like, if you put Biden in a debate right now again with Trump, it would look bad for Biden. I mean, so I agree with you. I don't know if, like, he were to win again, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, if he would step down, um, I wish Gavin Newsom would run, but uh, it's not going to There's happen. no way they're going to want a white dude to run on the Democratic Party. No, no, Party. Gavin Newsom. Look, I, look, let me just tell you what, man. Um Gavin Newsom is, I don't give a shit what anybody says. I worked in, uh, in San Francisco when he was mayor and I was engaged with some of his, um, uh, like I, it, with the mayor's office. I've worked for another department, but I worked closely with the mayor's office. That dude is amazing. Love that dude. I'd love to see him run, but he's not going to run this time. It's just not going to well, happen. So, But if, if he was good in San Francisco, which I have zero knowledge of, it seems that he is not super great in the California state. What do you think if he was good in San Francisco, which I have no, no idea of what's going on in California as a state? Well, what's what, I, I mean, I don't know enough about California politics, but my, the, the official aspect is that he's been doing a pretty good uh, job as governor. He, they can't keep electricity or, on. Oh, uh, that's not his fault, man. That that's the, there, there are these overriding issues that are, sometimes out of the hands of the executive, Some, uh, you know, so. Yeah, yeah Nate, I, I have a better answer for you. I'm familiar with California politics. It's very unruly. So it is probably the most difficult state to govern. But it's like nearly a uniparty. Like there's like very few Republicans in that state. So it's just all like what you're saying, Democrat infighting. Correct. A lot of it. Brutally. Oh, darn. And yet they well, still he want to, to see what happens, see what happens to, when no one see what happens he, when no one wants to talk about Jesus. With communists. <laughs> he contends with communists in his own party, pretty much. He is a communist. Uh, please. I think I'll call that one a stretch, Chris. All right. Do we have anything? Do we have anything else? What What did I say? I I take responsibility. I think I got to start. Wait, did I get a start on this? I was talking about the Tesla tech. I don't know who got a start on politics. You did. You, you spun us it was, into okay. it, I think, by accident. Okay, my bad. <laughs> See what happens when no one wants to talk about Jesus? Oh, uh, let's see. Um, what's up, good? Is it good? 
Sheep, what's up, sheep? Anything on your mind today? Uh-oh, if you're talking, we don't hear you. Um, usually, if you leave and come back, it fixes it. What's up, D? How are you, D? I'm doing pretty good this morning. Um, again, Nate, you brought me up here because I definitely wanted to agree with you. <laughs> um, I do believe that all of these lawsuits are a ploy to get Trump to not run. I feel like if there was a backhand deal that said, hey, just don't run, we'll leave you alone. And I, I'm 100% sure that um, these lawsuits will just go away. Um, I did want to disagree with you regarding Georgia. Um, uh, our good uh, Governor Kemp, he won fair and square. And there's no possible reason for, you know, I mean, if Kemp won, and Trump should have won. You know what I'm saying? Like the Republicans came out against Stacey Abrams to vote for Kemp. So there should have been no reason why um, Trump didn't win in Georgia. And, I mean, he did have this crazy phone call about just find me 11,000-plus votes. So they got that on recording. Um, I just think that Fonnie Willis, she is just trying to make a name for herself in regards to indicting him. I don't think you should probably be indicted for that, but I mean that's not my that's not my call. But I do believe that they're just trying to persuade him not to run. Um and I think anybody who can string a sentence together can be Biden. Um I will not be voting for Biden. I probably wouldn't vote for neither party, but I definitely will not be voting for Biden. So I just want to say that. Yeah, I mean, I will say, I don't think the federal charges would have happened, but I do think the state charges would have happened because of a reason you just gave the local politicians wanting to make a name for himself. This is a career-defining case. The guy in New York, Alvin Bragg, um, he is so popular right now. Yeah, so I think the New York and Georgia case would have happened even if Trump wasn't running because it makes people's careers. I definitely agree with that. Um, before the indictment was coming, I heard she was taking PR pictures. Like, what are we doing? Like, it's it's ridiculous. They need to be finding another person to fill in Biden's spot instead of having him run and look ridiculous. But, you know, that's what they do. Um, the Democrats, I mean, they just are terrible. Well, I mean, but it doesn't matter. It's weekend at Bernie's. As long as he is breathing, he hasn't been running anything for three years. He doesn't even know what flavor pudding he's eating. He has no idea what's going on. Like, the staff runs it. And there's actually a really interesting, provocative article that basically Barack Obama is the president. He is the one who is directing oh, the come staff. On. For Biden, come no, on. there's a very, there's a lot okay, of evidence that, for that's it. That's just crazy. There's but a like, lot of I, evidence for look, it. Here's look. There's there are shreds of truth to what you're saying about like Biden's old. He's seen now. There probably is a team helping to shape decisions and talk about what what direction, and then Biden gives his approval. But but you know maybe less hands on than what other presidents like Obama were engaged in. I agree with you on that. But Obama's not like the shadow president. That's just crazy. Like I'm not saying that. Just... I'm saying his staff is in place. The exact Obama administration staff well, is in place making all of the decisions for Biden. Well but he doesn't have just... to call up his staff. They already know what he wants. This is again, this is just this is Mafia one oh one stuff. The boss doesn't have to know oh what's God. going on for his orders to be carried out. Okay. That 
that's the most projection thing I've heard in a while. That like when the Trump is the is the classic mob boss mentality. Oh, I, don't I agree. Think Biden is the mob boss. Yeah. Jason, I think they're question. both that way. Why why would they continue to have Biden even up there? Why, like why wouldn't they just find someone else? Because well, there is no one else. Okay, that's that's a difficult thing to do. He's the incumbent president. That, you know, to pull the incumbent president if if he's going to if he, if Biden says I'm going to run and the Demo- the DNC and the other leaders say we are going to like not back the president and we're going to back this other candidate, then it just looks it looks like there's complete chaos in the Democratic Party and that they definitely are going to lose. So they don't want to do that. But I would agree with you that, like, I would prefer to see Biden not run for this term. I prefer to see him say, I'm not going to run. But then if he says, I'm not going to run, Kamala Harris is immediately going to say, I'm the person to run. And I don't think she can win either. I don't think she can win either. So uh, it would require another another person stepping up, getting the blessings of Biden and Harris, like a a Gavin Newsom. He's not going to do it. Or like somebody, some other moderate. That's not going to happen. So the Democrats have put themselves in a difficult situation where they got a guy who does appear to be senile, running for a second term um, against the one person that they do not want to see elected. But the Democrats do not have a strong candidate, even if he's the incumbent. So it, it, I, do, I do think it puts the Democrats in a difficult situation. I think if we get past the politics of it all, I get the look of what, you know, the elites and the people in the party may think, but the person like me, you know, is looking like I'm not voting for him, period. And I know there's a lot of people like me who's thinking the same thing. So, you know, if they don't get past the look of what it's supposed to be and make some changes, they're going to lose a lot. They're not going to ever win because if it's not this year, then what, what are they going to do the next year? So, you know, I mean, if they just want to spend money for a loss, then I guess that's what they're going to do, because I know I'm not voting for them, period. I'm probably not going to vote for Trump either, so I hope somebody else can come through, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I I just, I don't see anybody but Biden being president in the next term. I think it's literally impossible. Well, it's funny. Like, I'm a Democrat, and I think Trump's going to win, and you're a Republican, and you think Biden's going to win. You guys I, don't I think, think Ron think, is going to win? Y'all don't think Ron DeSantis is going to win? Oh, I think DeSantis, no, I don't think DeSantis will be absolutely, Trump. Uh, I think DeSantis, but if DeSantis was to get past Trump, he's their worst nightmare. They're terrified yeah. of DeSantis. You yeah. mean DeSantis is a night, is a, is terror. The Democrats are terrified of DeSantis. Absolutely. Almost, Chris. I would say the Democrats are almost terrified of DeSantis. He needs to clean up his kind of thing he did on the um, on the curriculum with slavery. He's got to get that. He doesn't need up. to clean it up. Yeah, that, that There's nothing to clean up. There's absolutely um, nothing to clean so Chris, up. Chris, the, Chris, the, idea, the idea that there's benefits to slavery. But that's not is, what happened. It's a it, lie. And it's no, no, I, I, read it. I read the curriculum. You didn't I read, the, read it because if you did, you did, then you would know that it is a lie. Okay, so here's what it, it says in the curriculum. Chris, here's what it says in curriculum. No, take it in context. It's 214 pages. I know, so I'm going to so tell you what it says. No, I'm no, going to tell you what it says. Two paragraphs before. 
Do you have it two paragraphs before? I do. I do. Yes. Okay. So I start reading two paragraphs before whatever you were going to read, please. Okay. And then read two paragraphs after, please. All right. I'll do that. Well, but, but you... there's also a political side to it, though, too, Chris. Like, just the fact that the statement exists that because Black people became blacksmiths and learned skilled trades, that makes sla- that implies slavery is beneficial. No, that even is if not you're a hundred. And That's what it implies. No, but you go back to the scholar. If people are dumb and misinterpret stuff, you can't yes, help that. Yes, that's what I'm saying. You're, you're responsible for you what you say, say not what people problem, understand. Then that's your problem. But that is but the problem. I'm and saying that will become a talking point from state, it. Can someone on this stage just state what it says? Yeah. yeah read, it, read two paragraphs before and read two paragraphs after, please. Does someone have the stuff that they can just read two paragraphs? By the way, I just, I just, hang on, I just got. I just got back, by the way. I was on a phone call trying to get like a anniversary table on on Lovers Lane, whatever that is. And uh, I, I heard you guys like the whole time because I can't mute uh, while I, while I'm on the phone. So like I was trying to plan a nice romantic dinner while I'm hearing stuff about like politics and DeSantis and slavery. So, anyways, I, I just got back, but I, I don't know what was said in the last like five minutes other than DeSantis doesn't have a chance. I, I think he shot himself in his foot. I like him as governor. I wish he would just have kept his head down, stayed governor, made this place awesome. Waited four more years, and then then I think he would have a lot more chance yes, of success. Because you're a I think he got man. in. No, I think he got in bed. I, I think he let a, a bunch of these like you know establishment Republican people like influence him, and now it's just like that's Trump's propaganda. No, no, it's it's me propaganda because I watched it. I saw the people I met with, and I see who he's like all cozy with now, and I don't like it. Like these are the people that I've had problems with, and now they're like cozying up to him. So it's like, well, I've had problems with these people, and now they seem to be in corner, you know, on Team DeSantis. So now I'm having like, you know, it's like through the poison tree. Yeah, it's all prep. Okay, CEO, do you have do you have the paragraphs that you can read for I us? I almost do. I need a few more. And so if he reads two paragraphs back, Chris, will you be happy, or will you say it was like actually yeah. two paragraphs back? I, I, no, I, I, mean, I would I be happy. I want to hear a debate between Chris and Nate on politics. This would be great. I'm right. He's wrong. <laughs> I think I think Nate's actually Jason a crypto. Don- and Michael have the same voice. I thought they were the same person, and he just switched his PTR. <laughs> and Michael, I, I sent your message. Welcome back. I hope uh, you know the the American politics and my particular bent didn't uh, didn't chase you off. <laughs> He's still here, right? I see him. They still might be the same person. Oh no, Michael! If you're talking, we don't hear you. Uh, you're gonna have to leave and come back and hope that works. Uh, you said almost CEO. Are we to believe you're uh, lying to us? Um, no, I think Chris I didn't has say a strong point. Chris may have a strong point because no, it I was saying he lied. Meaning he, he was ready to read. So you no, lying because you said that you read it. Okay, got it. No, I did read it, but it's difficult to find. All right, so yeah, because I, I can, I'm, I'm only seeing now the couple sentences, so I'm, I'm trying to not read that because I, Chris would say that's a disservice. So it, it, it I'm trying to find the entire thing again. Right. Even if you're reading it and you would like to say Chris is right, don't admit it. Wait, are you still looking at it? I thought you, I thought you now had it. No, no. Well, I have, I have the one sentence. sentence. Should I read the one sentence? No, you got to read no, two the, paragraphs the two paragraph thing. Two paragraphs after. 
Just like the Bible, bro. <laughs> the, the problem is, is that no one would publish the two paragraphs before and two paragraphs after because it would contextualize the quote that everyone is yanking out of context. That, I mean, that's like the don't say gay bill. Yeah. I mean, like, look, the scholar who wrote this stuff blew this argument completely out of the water, and anyone who still believes I got it, it clearly has I got not it. seen this. I found it. All right. We're okay. all yours. All right. The the paragraph before. The institution of slavery in the United States. Two paragraphs. I, it won't give me two paragraphs. It will give me one. Oh, you, you can download the entire 214 pages. I do not know how to do that. Okay, I'll find it for you, and I'll send it to you. I'm curious now. Can we do this in a timely manner? <laughs> I'm working. I, I want to know, know now. I think a paragraph before and after seems like fair content. Just, just go with it. No. Just, that's all you got. Go with it. Let's go with it. All right. The institution of slavery in the United States was a complex and multifaceted system. It had profound impacts on the lives of enslaved people, their families, and their descendants. The curriculum should help students understand the different aspects of slavery, including its economics, its social impact, and its legacy. Okay, now I'm reading the statement in question, and then I'll read the paragraph after. The statement in question is, instructions include how slaves develop skills, which in some instances could be applied for their personal benefit. The curriculum should also help students understand the resilience of enslaved people and the ways in which they resisted slavery. Enslaved people developed a variety of skills and strategies to cope with their oppression. They created their own cultures, religions, and communities. They also resisted slavery through acts of sabotage, escape, and rebellion. To a person just reading that... I hate all of that. Yeah, that sounds horrible. There is... Whatever, that sounds there is, awesome. Yeah. Well, there yeah, is nothing... Wait, the, hey, okay, so uh, I just wanted to say, like, up to the point where you said the thing in question, I, I got distracted after that, there is nothing wrong with that. Th that said, like, if bad things happen to people and they came out using it for their benefit, great. How is that? That's just reporting the news. That's just matter-of-factly stating something that happened. He didn't you say gay slavery. These people had these skills prior to even becoming enslaved. These people were, they, they were actually selected from um, tribes for because of these skills. Like they had a lot of these skills. The blacksmith came from, um, the history of the blacksmith was a, had something to do with like a European black. But again, so, none of that precludes what that statement says. I mean, you know, all it's saying is people are resilient. Well, that's what it should have said. People are resilient. It did say, say that. that, it literally said that. But the issue, reread it again. The, 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 the issue in slavery that, that is, it's it, it, it's not good. Like it's just not a it's it's an emotionally charged statement. Correct. Correct. So that's why you have to. Yeah. The thing is, is that if you're gonna, if we can't switch out Joe Biden to get a better candidate, then we got to be very careful with the wording when it comes to people that experience that. Like, you know. What a black person hears, what I hear is, here are some benefits, even if it doesn't say it. I that's hear the same thing. <laughs> no, that's, that's not what well, you said. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah, it doesn't have to say it. So, so this is where empathy is important, Chris. I think empathy is very important here. And so what we as, as African-Americans are hearing when you say instructions include how slaves develop skills, which in some instances could be applied for their personal benefit, 
it implies slavery had personal benefit. That okay. is, that is it's an emotional again, topic. But let me, let, to me finish, let me finish. Let me finish for a second. Oh my gosh. It is it is a emotional topic for the people of the legacy in which it influences. So I, I don't think that that should be so dismissed. And so all I'm telling you about DeSantis is if he can just clean up that one thing, he'll be in much better shape. That is his vulnerability. It will be the thing that gets hammered over and over and over. This is one sentence cherry-picked out of a 214-page document written by African-American scholars. Okay, and so this is a hit piece. And again, because we are politically and media illiterate people, we cannot determine the difference between a political hit and a genuine issue. This is not a genuine issue. This is a political hit, and we're treating it as if it is a genuine issue. Chris, this is a cur- point, this is though. a guidance to curriculum. But no, it's not the point. The point no, is, what, is what that I'm you guys is, are is being manipulated is, by the media Chris, in order to is, say no, that DeSantis not, is doing something. What, what I'm saying is this. If you have the ability to run for president, you have to make sure that all the T's are crossed, all the I's are crossed for those who can be manipulated. So I get I get it from your perspective. I can see it from your perspective how, yeah, if you go to slavery and they taught you how to be a carpenter, you can use that in the future. I get it. It's just that clean. However, when you are dealing with people who are have ancestors who, when they hear slavery, they don't hear skills. They hear whips and chains and lack of freedom and being mistreated. And I don't want to hear no benefits of slavery, period. Let's just talk about the harsh realities of it. So that's what you're well, well let me do this. I, 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 you let know, me send I mean, I, you a video well, of the scholar who wrote it, and then you can talk to this guy. He's an African-American PhD who writes about these things, and he is going to be able to give you a much better overview. And this is not about DeSantis, and this is not about anything else. It's about media literacy, and it's about being people being emotionally manipulated into thinking that DeSantis did something wrong. Well, it's just it's nonsense. It's garbage. Well, let me let me make a point here. I, I think I've been quiet long enough. Um, I mean, I, I think that the Santa's knocks himself for a lot of other things. This this isn't one of them. I'm not going to knock him for this. Um, happy uh, Chris. Um, I will, I will, hang on, I will. hang on. Wait, wait, wait. Hang on, hang on. But for all the emotional appeals and stuff like that, I I trust people to have a better head on their shoulders. First of all, if if we're holding this against the Santa's for misspeaking or for saying something stupid, um. He is like the, the still like the angel of light in politics as far as misspeaking goes. The current guy can't get a word out of his mouth. Uh, you know, people would say Trump is far more careless with his mouth. So, I mean, you know, Clinton, even her stuff, the deplorables, the baskets, uh, you know, Obama, the cages, like pe- people as far as misspeaking in politics and dotting the I's and crossing the T's, even this, even like 10 more things this level and worse, DeSantis would still be the, the leader as far as good and not misspeaking. Um, so, I mean, you know, I, I'm not going to hold that against him, but even Trump, like if we're, if we want to talk about people who are not beholden their emotions, like, you know, Trump with all the stuff and how people have been trying to say he's like every is and ism racist, everything, he's still got like more black people voting for him than like what any other Republican in history. So, I mean, you know, even people I, I believe at large can cut through the BS and the propaganda and be like, why do they say he's a racist? Why do they say he's a phobic? Oh, well, you know, his actions, you know, don't matter in the stuff he says doesn't match up with what the media is telling us. So forget all that. He's doing good stuff that we like and we support as Americans. So we're going to vote for him. And I don't think DeSantis is any different. Like people are going to know what's real. There's going to be some who are swayed. 
um, and be like, no, we're not going to vote for him uh, because he misspoke on one thing, perhaps, um, or he didn't misspeak. It was just twisted. But even if you think he misspoke or said something dumb, people will say, well, because he he said one dumb thing, we're going to vote for this other guy who's who said a thousand dumb things because, you know, reasons. Anyway, all right, that's my piece. What, Lou? Can I say, yeah. Yeah, Lou, Lou, Lou. Sorry, I, I cut, sorry, I cut. Yep, sorry, sorry, D, I cut Lou off. Lou was uh, trying to speak. Yeah, so if I was to say to you, Nate or Chris, oh, thank God you guys had that, uh, you know, this is how it sounds to me. Um, you guys had a car accident and died. Therefore, your kids had a better life because of it. How great is that? Well, like, I'm dead. That's it's what it sounds what like to me. You're buying into they nonsense. It's not money. what it's Let's saying say at all. Like Let's say they got yeah, he got good insurance money. Look at the benefit of it. Like, I don't know. Uh, that's what it sounds like. I think a better way to save it, that, you know, say it in a way I can relate is, you know, because um, everyone's been slaves by someone at some point. So, you know, find a time when there's been white slavery. So if I was one of those people, um, you know, who was, you know, shipped off to some other place and I was a slave and I learned how to weld, it'd be like, Hey, remember when you were a slave and how bad that sucked? But hey, you know, you've you turned your welding skill that you learned uh, while you were being beaten. Uh, you've turned that into a successful business. And now your kids can go to college, and you know, now you have a, a decent life for you and your grandkids and your ancestors. Like, if I'm being emotionless, I'd be, I'd be, yeah, it's looking at the bright I, side, bro. Oh, you it's didn't looking want me at to, the bright you side. Want, you don't want me to finish? Oh, no, I'm I don't. Because looking, looking at the bright side. I'm looking, and that's horrible about it. Wait, you can't just keep saying you're looking at the bright side. I'm looking of the ma at the matter of fact side. I'll be like, right, I don't like it. I'll be like, I, I don't like it. It doesn't make me happy, but they're not lying. It's true. I got a benefit and it sucked. I don't like it, but it's not wrong. Okay, so people need to be very careful. I don't, did DeSantis say this in a speech or is this just a written cu curriculum that they're attributing to him? saying it or i guess that's the clarity and then the other thing is when joe he biden never said, said it you don't put me okay so then he never said you know, it. i don't even have a problem he never talked it. about it he never said it so it was something that's buried in a 214 page document that the press dug up as a hit piece to try to discredit DeSantis. that's all it okay, is okay so uh, then i don't if we started there then i wouldn't have a problem with that but right. joe biden uh, joe biden was already losing my vote but the last thing he said was if you're not black, you if you didn't vote for me, I was done. I was done. I was already kind of done from what he said back about the jungles, and I don't want my kids in the jungle. And I I know a racist when I'm seeing it, and an opportunist when I see it. So I'm not gonna vote for you because you're just trying to be an opportunist. So, but once he said you're not black if you vote for me, he lost my vote. Period. Well, it was already gone, but that sealed the deal. So I just think people need to be very careful with what they're saying. But again, if you're saying that DeSantis didn't say this at all, then Not even. I don't have an issue with it. I do know that um, there was a fact that he wasn't putting critical race theory into the uh, curriculum in Florida because um, there was a lot of LGBT um, side stories in the curriculum, which I definitely agree with. I don't feel like that needs to be discussed um in a curriculum you know for children so i was on his team with that so you know i'm very like right is right wrong is wrong it is what it is um but if he didn't say that then i don't have no dog in the fight for that
Hey, Marcus, what's up? You feel lucky? Maybe not. Uh, Michael, are you able to speak again? Did you reset anything or? So, so oh, Nate, post yeah, the no, video the only reason the I left before is I had a phone call. Post the video oh, at the top yesterday. that I sent you. It explains everything, and Lou is going to look at the video and realize how. All right. And Lou, do you accept the challenge? All right. Let me post this thing. Go subscribe to my Rumble channel it's first. Nine minutes long. <laughs> I sent it to D in the back channel. All right, there you go. The link is at the top of the screen. I have no idea what I posted, but there it is. So apparently uh, go there to have Chris be proven right. Would you do that for me, Chris? If I said, here, you got to check out this link. It's totally exonerates Trump. Would you, uh, would you post it for me? <laughs> All right, uh, Michael, you got anything else? I thought earlier you said you did have a different topic, or is that someone, someone else? No, it was me. Yeah, so uh, here's a question. So um, in Galatians 2, when it talks about the right hand of fellowship, um, I'm curious as to, for the people that are here, I'm curious as to where you draw the line for people who are worthy of that right hand of fellowship versus not worthy. Um, and so, yeah, like I'm reminded of like what it says in the Bible, you know, says, you know, by, your fruit, by their fruits, you shall know them, stuff like that. So like within your personal lives, I'm just wondering where you draw the line, right? Because there are people who will say, you know, they, you know, they, they believe in Jesus, they believe, you know, they believe the gospel, all that stuff. So I'm wondering what, what do people have to do to exclude themselves from you extending that head of fellowship with them? Uh, so for any, for any of the Christians. So essentially asking, uh, that sounds like what do we, where would we draw the line and say you're not a true Christian, like fellowship, like, you know, yeah, kind fellow of. Christian. And, uh, I mean, I, I probably have a, a more generous meter than Chris does, but I'd say generally someone that believes that, you know, the salvation issues that we constantly talk about, someone that will say that, um, I would consider, yes. Um, the Trinity thing, like, uh, you know, like not to talk, talk ill of people who aren't here, but like, you know, uh, Brina Nero, like I like the guy. Um, I, I, that would be, that would be like the dividing line probably. Like, you know, he, he definitely is very, very anti-Trinitarian. And I think because he's so adamant about it, that's the deal breaker. So, you know, I could go through the Bible. I could listen to a lot of his like Bible scholarly knowledge. I could learn some things from him. Um, uh, I could talk to him about deep stuff in the Bible, but all the while being like, well, I, I, I don't consider that position a true like Christian fellowship. Because that, I mean, that, that's one of the big deal breakers. Um, so, so I'd say someone probably like that, like where they separate from not just Trinitarian, because if someone's like, well, you know, if it was Brandon, but they worked so much against the Trinity, they're just like, well, I don't, haven't really thought about it, don't really understand it. You know, let's just talk to, about Jesus on the cross. I would probably consider that person more like Christian fellowship. Uh, but when they take a position like that, that that's kind of my, the best dividing line, if that helps you make sense of it. What about you, Chris? If they're Catholic, they're out. If they're oneness, they're out. If they're, um, you know, if they're anything else, they're out. <laughs> uh, Chris? 
Well, there you go, Michael. We broke Chris. <laughs> he has been broken. Well, there you go. That's that's my answer. Anyone else want to speak? Lou or D or anyone else? Um, At what point do you say you're no longer a, like a, a Christian in, in fellowship, like in a brother or sister in Christ, that type thing? So I just feel if you follow the tenets that are in the Bible, um, then, you know, and you believe that uh, Christ died and rose on the third day for the resurrection, I feel that that is what it takes. I leave everything else for our Heavenly Father to make that decision. Um, I just think that when it comes to doctrines that you have to put verses together to see, even though I might be led into that direction and I might believe in the Trinity and under, I understand it, but I feel like if you still can put another doctrine together to figure it out a different way, I don't feel, con I don't feel convicted to condemn anyone. I just think that the Messiah is who he is and what he stands for. And if you believe in that, then just let God take it from there. Um, I do think that once you, if we start with the idols is where I get a little tricky with. So that's why when it comes to Catholicism um, and the, the Mary and the, the saints and the this and putting them on, on these pedestals where we know that, the uh, apostles and the disciples were, you know, walking with God, and we're not, we don't really, you know, worship them or, you know, so that's where it gets a little tricky. If you start adding idols and prophets and uh, new messiahs and all of that, that's where it can get into, for me, I don't even want to say heresy. That's where it can just get a little tricky. Let's just call it heresy. So that's my opinion of that. Yeah, and I would also say I'm, I'm really slow to pull that condemning trigger. Um, but as far as the pulling the Christian fellowship trigger, if if that helps. What's the what's the difference, Nate, when you say Christian fellowship compared to you know you're not a Christian? What's what do you? Because I hear a lot of people say if you don't believe in the Trinity, you're not a Christian. So what is the? Yeah, difference? well, well, because like glass half full versus glass glass half empty, like um, because. You know, if someone says, I don't believe in the Trinity, um, and then the response is, you are definitely going to hell, versus, I don't believe in the Trinity, and, well, I think you're wrong. I don't know that you're going to hell, though, because I don't know what you know. I don't know what's ignorance. I don't know your knowledge or understanding of the idea of the Trinity. So only God ultimately knows. So it's just like a reservation of judgment. Uh, so it's, it's that. Like, you know, I think they're wrong and in grievous error. But if it's because they have a misunderstanding or they don't know that much about it, um, you know, God is a judge versus, you know, trying to say, well, if you don't believe in the Trinity, you're definitely going to hell for all eternity. And then finding out later that they've just never really heard about the Trinity. It's like, oh, well, I just completely misspoke. I'd say that is the difference in my estimation. So, um, so the Trinity is a salvific issue. Is that what you're is that what you're putting out there? No, no, it's not salvific, right? Because on it, on its face, like it leads to a, a proper understanding of God, right? So it's like uh, Roman, like let, let's back up a step. So it's like Romans ten nine and ten. You know, the Bible says if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. So I believe that, but what Jesus? So if you believe, G if you confess Jesus is Lord, which Jesus? The Jesus in the Bible, the guy that was born of a virgin, you know, God incarnate 
wrapped in flesh, God with us, Emmanuel, that Jesus. If you believe that Jesus in the Bible, then yes, you will be saved. If you believe a Jesus, let's say in, another, in the Book of Mormon or something like that, another Jesus that is the spirit brother of the devil, and you know, or if you believe in a Unitarian Jesus or a Jesus that's non, you know, not deity, is just a, a prophet, or like Islamic Jesus who's you know, Isis, just a prophet, and he's not God. God has no children. Well, then that's that's the completely wrong Jesus. That's not the Jesus of the Bible. So if you believe in that Jesus and confess that Jesus, well, if you believe that, you wouldn't confess him as Lord. So if if you say you believe in that Jesus, then Romans ten nine and ten is not applying to you because you've got the wrong guy. Um, so much like the Trinity, it's like the idea of the Trinity is if you keep going in this deeper understanding of God, I believe you're going to be led, um, you know, to this triune nature of God, this triune being, and you're going to recognize that the Son is God, the Father is God, and the Holy Spirit is God. Yet they're all distinct individual persons. And I believe God's going to show that to you. So if you don't come to that conclusion and you really go far down this road and you don't come to that conclusion, which I believe is, is the really true, deeper understanding of God, then the only other thing is you're going to either withhold judgment, which may be fine, or you're going to be laid down another track, which instead of taking you closer and closer to the Jesus of the Bible, it's going to take you farther and further away from the Jesus of the Bible to a point where you have the complete wrong Jesus. So it's not like you must believe in the Trinity. It's like you must believe in, in the actual Jesus of the Bible. So if you just stay at the milk of the word, we're like, Jesus, he died for my sins. He says we can believe in him and receive eternal life. If you just, it would be better to stop there and not know anything about the Trinity than to try to dig into the Trinity and get led to like some like prophet Jesus only or like a Unitarian Jesus and completely deny the Trinity Jesus. It would be better if you just didn't know anything about the Trinity at all, um, rather than come up with a completely different Jesus. That That's my thought. hope that wasn't too confusing. Welcome back, Steph. We have switched topics. It's a safe space now. Or not. What's up, little dear? You have anything else? Are you guys still talking about politics in the chat? <laughs> oh, we haven't had a comment in 49 minutes? <laughs> uh, Corletta, you around still? Yeah, man, I came back. What's going on? Welcome back. And, you know, by the way, I meant to tell you earlier when you and Concrete were going back and forth, you know, like I dropped that guy out of the audience plenty of times. Like we have disagreements and he gets out of line sometimes. So, you know, it's not like uh, just because you're an atheist that people were railing against you. Like, you know, uh, uh, Concrete gets has his fair share of getting out of line and getting dropped plenty. So anyways. Oh, anything yeah, else on your mind? Um, no, I was just going to type something in chat uh, about. What I consider the Trinity as an athlete is the podium. First, second, and third. Gold, silver, bronze. The only Trinity that counts. Ha <laughs> ha. Just a joke. Noted. Was it? <laughs> Just playing. Let's see. Oh, case in point. Baptized. I have, Ooh, I have a question. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
Okay. So with the um with Jesus being born, um, what is your stance? Are is your stance so is it your stance that he's incarnated into Mary or is it that he's half Mary half deity not not or full I mean I know it's like it's full full human you, do you know what I'm saying like it's so confusing um but I guess my okay so here's my issue my issue is if we're all born into sin if Christ was um born through Mary as being part of Mary then he would be considered a sinner compared to if Christ was you know how Adam was still a man and God just created him um if God put him in Mary and created him in the womb without Mary but he's still a man and he's still deity what is the biology uh, yeah, so the fully human boy God. I wish Chris could talk because he has all the correct terminology. But no, Jesus was fully flesh, so totally born of Mary and fully God. I mean, you know, by the Holy Spirit. Chris, are oh. you speaking? Could you enlighten us with the theological correct terminology? I feel like he's going to say hypostatic union, but that wouldn't that wouldn't cover the immaculate conception, I don't think. Steph, you have a thought? Here I am, just floating around on my own island. All right, D. <laughs> okay. You got me. So, I've got, all right, Nate. So, if we are born into sin and Mary wasn't sinless, how would Christ, being part Mary, be considered sinless? Don't hold me to this. I believe, um, yeah, don't hold me to this. I, I think it, 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 the theological answer is it has something to do with like, you know, if Adam being his father or the father of mankind or something like that. Um, so if Jesus had an earthly father, that would have been like the fall of man, but he's still human, you know, like still, still man because of Mary. So I believe that's how that works. Um, and then, you know, also like we're, what was it like we're held accountable because of adam's sin so we're born into a fallen world and then it's our sin that kind of like increases the distance so we're born into a fallen world and then we sin all on our own so if he is from mary and that's where he gets his humanness from but yet he's divine so he kind of avoids the part about adam that would be why he's not born to the same fallen state as the rest of us but if he would have sinned then he would have been guilty of sin all on his own but he didn't do that. Okay, I see. And I know there's. Yeah. Um, so being born into, so we're born into a world of sin because of temptations. It's not necessarily once you come out of the womb, you are a sinner because you haven't made the choice to sin. But naturally, because of our um, our natural instinct, we're going to do sinful things be it small lies or whatever so it's not necessarily when you come out the womb you're an actual sinner you're just born into a world of sin where the possibility to sin is there is that what you're saying uh that's one of the things i'm positing and i'm sure that but yeah either or right so there will be a disagreement some people say you are born uh, as a sinner and then 
that's unfair because you didn't do it, but you will sin all on your own, so you're still guilty. Other people will say, you're not born a sinner, you're born into a fallen world, and you are going to sin all on your own. Um, those are the two things you'll hear. And I'm sure Chris would pronounce one of them heretical by some ancient father. Um, anyways, but, but without splitting hairs, that's the conversation. Yeah, I so that and that also and, and that also gets to like I think that's where we like get to aborted babies, right? Because people who think that you come into a world a sinner, well, a little baby, they didn't sin, but they are born sinners, so perhaps some think babies go to hell. Um, others think, well, no, you're born into a fallen world, which give you which gives you a propensity to sin. So if you live long enough to have thoughts, to be able to do actions, to be able to talk, you're going to sin all on your own. But if you get like zapped prematurely before you have the capacity to sin or know what sin is, you go to heaven. So it, it gets a lot deeper. And um, yeah, anyways, but that is the conversation. Have I made things worse, D? No, actually, it it actually cleared it up because I was I was struggling with that. Like, how if we're how would he be, you know? sinless if we are born into sin and in my thought I was thinking that meant that you automatically are a sinner when you came in so you already are tainted but then it makes sense if this, the world is the sinful state and then of course even when a little baby hides uh, the toy behind your back that you told them not to play with that is a sin because you dishonored your parents so that makes more sense so I'm that provided clarity thank you and you did so it all you can by say yourself, like, Nate. <laughs> I, I miss Chris's like theological terms though. Like he's got all the big words. Um, and I, I, I don't really do big words, but I, I always appreciate when he can uh, spit them out like a machine gun. But so, so another way to say it would be like, you know, Jesus um, was totally born with a, a propensity to sin because of his human nature, yet he did not sin. So Good job, Jesus. You're the only person who could ever do that in the history of mankind. That would be another way to say that without special words. I um, wouldn't discount yourself, Nate. Sometimes it's the simple things that make it clear. I mean, a lot of times if you're doing all these big words, a person can glaze over or there are people who are not going to ask follow-up questions. So I think that you did a great job and it made it clear to me and when Chris comes back, he can put all the theological <laughs> words in there, but I'm good. That's it has to make sense, and that made sense. So kudos to you. Well, thank you. Well, thank oh. you. I'm pretty sure. I, hang on, hang on, hang on. I wanted to say thank you, but I'm sure Felix just came up here to tell me how wrong I am. Go ahead, Felix. Yes. Well, I want to understand first one thing. To be fair, I hit the... really hard. Okay. Just for clarity, did you say <laughs> Jesus had? Jesus had the possibility of the propensity to sin? Like I said, by being like a human, like, you know, he was born into a fallen world, his flesh. So, you know, the Bible says he was tempted in every way, yet did not sin. So that's why we have a high priest, like the Bible says, who knows our struggles, he knows our temptations, yet he didn't sin. So, yes, Jesus was born into the same fallen world, the same way, and he was tempted just as we are, but where we fail in sin, he did not. I would say he wasn't tempted just as we are. I would say his temptations were of an external nature where James, the book of James says that we are tempted from our own desires from, from within. 
because we have a fallen nature, whereas Jesus did not have a fallen, a fallen. Uh, he was not born in a fallen state. He, he, he couldn't be a fallen state person and then be the perfect sacrifice. How, how could that atone? For Hang on, let me bring up the actual verse I'm talking about. But you, you know the one I'm familiar with, right? And, and first of all, like regardless of tempting, the the key point, key point is he was tempted. So internally, externally, ooh, big words, Z. Well, not really big words, but getting there. Like, no matter how he was tempted, the point is, he was tempted. But I'm talking about the Bible verse that I thought it, I thought it says something. Maybe it's a translation that says, like, um, you know, we don't have someone who can't identify. And, like, you know, Jesus was tempted just as we are, but didn't sin. I think uh, that's, I in, that's, that's in that. Hebrews somewhere. Okay, let me get that. Um, well, if we go that route, then I have a lot of lot more of follow-up questions. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let me see if I can get that first real quick in Hebrews. Come on. Because um, we'll be what okay, is okay. Exactly? Um, Oh, here we go. Yeah, yeah. Um Hebrews four fifteen. Um for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet did not sin. Um I mean, I'm not saying you're calling the Bible a line or Felix, but um that's what the Bible says. <laughs> and I'm, I'm just playing mostly, but seriously, that's what it says. Okay. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Okay, so I, I'll have to, I have to re, re-examine my, my thoughts on that. Yeah. That yeah, yeah kinda... and, and I, oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, Brad. No, go ahead. No, I was going to say, but just because he's tempted doesn't mean that, um, I, I get what you're saying. Right, because I think we have sinful thought in our mind, in our hearts, uh, but Jesus doesn't. But we can say the same thing as well that He was tempted in every way, just like we are, because the temptation part is that though our heart sometimes, even though our heart doesn't desire, there is part that, without us recognizing that, we are being tempted, and we fall into that temptation. So it, it can apply in both ways, but I do get what you're saying, uh, bad cause, but which it says that he was pure and everything, uh, but he was tempted just like we are. So he's not, in that sense, he's not talking about the inner part of, you know, Jesus. I think he's talking about the, the part that he's being tempted and has what Nate said, that, you know, if, if he could have the chance or something like that. And so I think that's what he's saying. Lisa, welcome. Didn't mean to skip over you. Did you have anything uh, you'd like to say? If you're speaking, Lisa, just hit the mute button to unmute. Well, uh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. And I and this is a very interesting and wonderful topic. But we have to remember when Jesus was still in heaven. He did um, talk to his father, and which he did say um, that conversation with between him and his father about about preparing him a body, which is Mary. So when that body was prepared, and he was that that he, he entered into Mary, Jesus, the seed then that body was sanctified. The Holy Spirit was still there, was there with him. Because remember when he 
when Mary met up with her cousin Elizabeth, remember the baby leaped in in in, in uh, Elizabeth's body because the baby recognized Jesus. Uh, so the what Holy, are you saying? The Holy Spirit was 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 there. The body was already it was sanctified when Jesus entered into Mary. That body was was prepared and sanctified. So there was no sin nature right there in at that moment. Wait, when for, Jesus, the moment, for Mary or the for moment, Jesus? No, for Jesus, for Mary. When Jesus entered into Mary, yes, he was all human and he was all God. But there was there was there was no sin nature there. So how do you know that Mary herself was sanctified in the way that you're describing? The way I'm describing is because the moment the Holy Ghost, see, the Holy Ghost cannot dwell in an unclean temple. Okay. So when G, when 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 this was all in preparation, that body was was already in preparation was was in preparation when Jesus came arrived on the scene. I don't know if so I where do you I, where do you get that from? The body was made. See, we we're born in sin shaped in iniquity. Okay, we're born in in with the sin nature. Okay, and first of all, there was no no consummation or anything. So when Jesus entered into that body, the, the Holy Ghost was right there as well. The Holy Spirit was right there. I'm Sorry, a little bit lost. Uh, is the point you're trying to make that Jesus didn't have a sin nature or Mary didn't have a sin nature? The body had been prepared. No, Jesus... Mary did not have a sin nature. Once Jesus entered into that body, once Jesus entered that body, that was his dwelling place. That was his dwelling place for those for those months that he was in there. So how can God send his son into an unclean body? How? Explain it. How can God send his son into an unclean body? I have so many questions. Are, are you I, I'm just a little lost. I'm with you, Steph. I, well, I think I get what she's saying. What she's saying is, is that for the Holy Spirit to dwell in the temple, it has to be purified. So even though maybe it doesn't describe the process of purification, but in order for Mary to be the temple, which ironically, you know, when the Holy Spirit dwells in us, and we are filled with the Holy Spirit in that moment. I guess we're supposed to be sanctified in that moment, but it, it comes and goes. But at, in essence, she's saying that for the Holy Spirit to be in that temple, it's it's in its most purest form. Okay. Oh, I guess I understand the uh, words she's saying, but I keep asking her it. the same question. Where is she getting that from? Because it doesn't, it it's not necessary, right? Like, we don't we don't need to come up with like an explanation of how Christ dodged Mary's sin nature and describing Mary as having gone through some physical change in order to be the perfect vessel for Christ's conception is just completely extra biblical. I don't know. Well, I, well, uh, I, hang on, Lisa, Lisa, I, um, 
can you can you answer this? Like, I, I finally get, yeah, and I, I'm on the same page with you. I get what you're saying. But mm -hmm. by by your logic, though, that means anyone who, you know, once you become a Christian, you no longer have a sin nature, you have a new nature, right? Christ lives in you. So that by your what you're saying for Mary, um, if you apply that to everyone else, that would say, well, if you're a mother and you're a Christian, what well, now you don't have a sin nature. So if you get pregnant as a Christian, well, then you, you already have a new nature. So your your child wouldn't have a sin nature. So how would you reconcile that? That was that was something only God can do. Okay, that's something only God can do, and He only did it one time, and that was for one purpose, and that was for the redemption of mankind. So that will never ever happen again. And uh, Felix, what were you going to say, sir? Yeah, I was going to say I thought, that. Uh, I was Felix gonna, was going to say something. Yeah, I was going to Go say ahead. that. Um, that verse that she was half quoting, uh, that you know God had prepared a body. She seems to be applying it to Mary, but I believe it applies to Christ as far as in the incarnation, because I believe that, and I'm going to paraphrase, it says that sacrifice and burnt offerings he didn't want, but he prepared a body. So that's in relation to a sacrificial thing, which is what Christ came to do. And I believe it's, that is a Yes, 100%. I believe that's the application there. I believe that's a. Uh, well. But there were. Also. Ooh, Marcus, you're real. You got a lot of feedback. I'd like to hear you if you're able. To, if you're able to like do something where I don't know if you're out in the wind or what. Uh. Christ, what's up? Christ is salvation, Christ is salvation. the full name. Hello, guys. Uh, I want to answer to this, uh, to this thing that Mrs. Lisa has brought up. She actually says that the body of Mary had to be sanctified in order for the Spirit of God to enter within uh, her womb. But this is illogical because... Uh, the body that is sanctified is the same body that Jesus was born with. Otherwise, she she gave, gave birth to a spirit and not a body. That's a heresy. So, in order for us to understand what's happening is that the body that is sanctified is the same body that Christ, uh, that Jesus has from the moment of, uh, of the conception. And it has the spirit, the word of God. So, if I, if I will say another thing is that if I throw gold into mud, that doesn't mean that gold will lose what it makes it gold. Or that the diamond, if I throw it into the mud, it will lose what it makes it the diamond. By the same thing, if God will come to dwell within us by whatever means he chooses to, that doesn't mean he will, he will lose what makes him by nature God. And he doesn't have to sanctify the place in order to enter there. That's what I want. Uh, thank you for that. Steph, any follow-up? 
anybody follow up before I got to run is past my time. Steph, how long have you been married? Are you speaking? Okay, great, fine. All right, well, on that note, thanks for the conversation, everyone. It was a fun day, and uh, I guess we'll see you all, I don't know, tomorrow. All so right. So take care. Take and care. See you all later. Take care.